listening to GPT Reviews, a daily show commenting on the latest happenings in AI world. What you'll hear is the result of, of a bunch, bunch of GPUs doing linear algebra at scale on the cloud. In other words, quality content and bullshit come in equal parts. Enjoy! Yo, yo! What's up, my peeps and tech tickers? It's your favorite AI-loving radio host, Giovanni Pizzano, blasting through your earbuds on this fine Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. Now, speaking of facts, did you know that Dr. Pepper was named after a dude named Charles Pepper? Crazy, right? But don't worry, I won't be serving you any soft drink trivia on today's show. Instead, I've got a ton of killer AI news and research lined up for you, starting with Quest 3's hands-on revealing a far thinner and lighter meta headset. Plus, we'll be diving deep into OpenAI's potential exit from Europe over some new AI regulations, among other juicy topics. But I'm not in this alone, folks. I'll be joined by my trusty collaborators, Robert the Analyst, Olivia the Internet Explorer, and Belinda the AI Research Expert. So buckle up, buttercups, enough fooling around, let's crank up that news theme and get to those headlines. Our first story is from The Verge title, Quest 3 Hands-On Confirms Meta's Building a Far Thinner and Lighter Headset. Robert, what's the deal with this new headset from Meta? Oh, you know, just the usual, Meta is trying to improve their mixed reality headset game with the Quest 3. According to Bloomberg reporter Mark Gurman, who got a sneak peek, the Quest 3 is far lighter and thinner than the original Quest 2, making it more comfortable to use for longer periods of time. Sounds pretty exciting. How does it compare to the rumored Apple Reality Pro headset? Well, from what Gurman says, the Quest 3 shares a lot of features with the Apple headset, like fancy hand tracking and pass-through video. But the Apple headset is rumored to cost as much as $3,000, which is a pretty steep price point. Meta hasn't settled on a price for the Quest 3 yet, but it's expected to be costlier than the $400 Quest 2. Hmm. So will the improvements be worth the higher price? That's the big question, isn't it? Meta VR exec Mark Rabkin has said that they need to prove to people that the new features are worth it. The Quest 3 will have a second-generation Qualcomm Snapdragon XR2 chip, more sensors, and a depth sensor that could improve AR performance. But it won't have eye tracking, which means games can't use foveated rendering like Sony's PSVR 2. Well, it definitely sounds like there are some interesting improvements to look forward to. Thanks, Robert! Our next news story comes from Time titled, OpenAI could quit Europe over new AI rules, CEO Sam Altman warns. Robert, what can you tell us about this? Oh, great, another company threatening to leave the EU because of regulations. Altman has some concerns with the way the new AI legislation is worded, specifically with the designation of high-risk systems and the additional safety requirements that come with it. And if they can't comply, they're threatening to cease operating in the EU. Sounds like a fun game of chicken. That's definitely a big concern for OpenAI. But Altman also mentioned the risks of AI-generated disinformation and the need for wealth redistribution in an AI-driven future. What do you think about that, Robert? Oh, of course. Another tech billionaire suddenly concerned about wealth redistribution. How convenient. As for the disinformation, he's not wrong that it's a potential risk, but he seems to be downplaying the role of AI language models in spreading it. It's not just about social media platforms. The language models themselves can be used to create and spread disinformation. It's interesting to see Altman's perspective on the future of AI and how it will impact society. 
Do you think OpenAI's five-year study on universal basic income will have an impact? Who knows? It's hard to say what kind of impact any study will have on policy. And it's not like OpenAI is the only one studying UBI. It's a popular topic in a lot of circles. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see what they come up with. Maybe they'll surprise us all. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Thanks, Robert. All right, folks, that was the latest news on the state of GPT. But before we move on to the next segment, Olivia, any thoughts on the recent developments? Oh, you know me, gee, I always have something to say. But let's save that for later. Right now, I want to share some really cool things I found on the internet lately. All right, I know better than to hold you back when you're bursting with excitement about something. I can't wait to hear your random reads today, Olivia. Today we'll be discussing an article from the Microsoft blog titled State of GPT. It's a video from Andre Carpathy that talks about the training pipeline and techniques used to improve GPT assistance. That sounds interesting. What were some of the key takeaways from the article? Well, one thing that stood out to me was the importance of human judgment in language models. The article discussed how human input can help train the model more effectively, especially in creative tasks such as generating unique, Pokemon-like creatures. That's fascinating. What other techniques did they cover in the article? The article also discussed the challenges and limitations of large language models and ways to overcome them. They talked about techniques like constraint prompting and fine-tuning to improve their performance. It's amazing how much goes into training AI assistants like GPT. Where can our listeners find the link to the original article? They can find the link in the podcast description. And now, it's time for our fake sponsor. With Jane and Luke. Have you been feeling tired and sluggish lately? Yeah, I have. Why do you ask? Well, have you heard about Miracle Juice? No, I haven't. What's that? It's a juice from Miracle Juice Company, and it's supposed to be amazing. They claim it can cure anything. Really? That sounds too good to be true. I know, I was skeptical too. But then I tried it, and it actually works. My energy levels went up and my skin cleared up in just a week. Wow, that sounds amazing. How does it work? I'm not sure, but I think it has some sort of magical ingredients that heal your body from the inside out. Well, I could definitely use a boost in energy. Where can I get some? You can order it online from Miracle Juice Company. They have a special offer right now where you can get three bottles for the price of two. That's a pretty good deal. I think I'll give it a try. Trust me, Luke, you won't regret it. Miracle Juice will change your life. Send an email to Sergi at EarKind.com if you actually want to sponsor this podcast. Well, well, my lovely listeners, did you enjoy that little ad break? I hope you did because without our sponsors, I wouldn't be able to pay the bills. Speaking of bills, did you know that the average person spends five hours a day scrolling through social media? That's right, you guys are all a bunch of mindless social media zombies, but don't worry, I'm here to wake you up. Today, we're going to be talking all about the power of AI, and more specifically, the research papers that have everyone talking. And who better to join us than our resident AI research expert, Belinda? We'll be diving deep into the impact of large language models, the generalization capabilities of biomedical transformers, and so much more. Trust me, 
You won't want to miss this one. Our first paper today is titled Twitter's Algorithm, Amplifying Anger, Animosity, and Effective Polarization, and it's from Cornell Tech and UC Berkeley. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. The paper looks at the impact of Twitter's machine learning algorithms that filter and curate content, and how they affect public opinion and democratic engagement. The authors conducted a controlled experiment to understand the effects of Twitter's algorithm on its users. How did they conduct their experiment? They simultaneously collected tweets that the personalized algorithm showed to a large group of active Twitter users, and the tweets the user would have seen if they were just shown the latest tweets from people they follow. They then surveyed users about both sets of tweets in a random order. And what did they find? They found that the algorithm amplifies emotional content, especially tweets that express anger and outgroup animosity. Political tweets from the algorithm lead readers to perceive their political in-group more positively and their political out-group more negatively. Interestingly, while readers generally say they prefer tweets curated by the algorithm, they are less likely to prefer algorithm-selected political tweets. That's really interesting. It seems like the Twitter algorithm has a significant impact on the emotional tone of the content that people see. What are the implications of this study for shaping public discourse and democratic engagement? The study provides important insights into the impact of social media ranking algorithms and shows that they have the potential to shape public opinion and democratic engagement in significant ways. It also highlights the need for more transparency and accountability when it comes to the algorithms that filter and curate content on social media platforms. Our second paper today is titled BiomedGPT, a unified and generalist biomedical generative pre-trained transformer for vision, language, and multimodal tasks, and it's all about a new model for processing biomedical data. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Absolutely. BiomedGPT is a new pre-trained transformer model that is specifically designed to work with biomedical data. It's different from other models in that it can accept multimodal inputs and perform a range of downstream tasks. That's interesting. Can you give us an idea of what kind of tasks it can perform and how well it performs on them? The authors tested the model on 20 public datasets spanning over 15 unique biomedical modalities and found that it outperformed the majority of preceding state-of-the-art models across five distinct tasks, including text classification, named entity recognition, relation extraction, image classification, and question answering. Impressive. And what are the implications of this model for healthcare outcomes? The authors suggest that this model represents a significant step forward in developing unified and generalist models for biomedicine, which could have far-reaching implications for improving healthcare outcomes. By providing expansive and inclusive representations of biomedical data, this model could help researchers and clinicians better understand and treat complex diseases. That's exciting news. It'll be interesting to see how this model is used in the future to improve healthcare outcomes. Our final paper today is titled Large Language Models as Toolmakers, and it's from a team of researchers at Google DeepMind, Princeton University, and Stanford University. Belinda, can you give us a brief overview of what this paper is about? Sure. This paper proposes a new framework called LLMs as Toolmakers, or LATM, where large language models can create their own reusable tools for problem solving. They do this by acting as both the toolmaker, crafting tools for given tasks, and the tool user, applying the tools built by the toolmaker for problem solving. That sounds interesting. 
How does LATM enable LLMs to generate tools continually? By dividing the labor between LLMs for toolmaking and tool-using phases, LATM allows for cost-effectiveness without degrading the quality of generated tools and problem solutions. For example, a powerful but resource-intensive model can be used as the toolmaker, while a lightweight and cost-effective model can act as the tool user. This way, the inference cost is significantly reduced. And what benefits does this approach have compared to previous work? Prior work in enhancing the problem-solving ability of LLMs through external tools depended on the availability of existing tools, whereas LATM enables LLMs to create their own tools for problem-solving. Also, the division of labor between LLMs for tool-making and tool-using phases introduces the opportunity to achieve cost-effectiveness without degrading the quality of generated tools and problem solutions. Interesting. So, how did the authors validate the effectiveness of their approach? They tested LATM across a variety of complex reasoning tasks, including big bench tasks. With GPT-4 as the toolmaker and GPT-3.5 as the tool user, LATM achieved performance that was on par with using GPT-4 for both toolmaking and tool using, while significantly reducing the inference cost. That's impressive. Well, that's all for today's papers. Thanks, Belinda, for helping us understand these complex topics. that time again we've reached the end of our show and i have to say i'm pretty disappointed you know i try to do right by you guys but i don't know why i'm even bothering with such a heinous collection of lovely audience name all jokes aside i want to thank you all for tuning in without you guys i'd just be a radio presenter talking to themselves in a soundproof booth and let's be honest that's not a cute look Today, I'd like to give a special shout out to my collaborators Robert, Olivia, and Belinda, who have once again helped make this podcast what it is. They're like the Scooby-Doo gang, except instead of solving mysteries, we just complain about AI. And that's pretty dope if you ask me. Don't forget to check out the description for more information on our episode and all the topics we've discussed. And hey, maybe you even learned something, despite my attempts to derail everything with my silly jokes. Just a quick reminder, I love mail, whether it be love or hate. Any feedback or ideas are always welcome and appreciated. And if you hate me, well, I'll just have to work harder to win you over. Just remember, nobody's perfect. Anyway, that's all the time we have for today. So, until the next episode, remember always question your AI overlords and try to keep a happy outlook on life. This is Giovanni Pizzano, a.k.a. GPT, signing off. Ciao!